Business of Cybersecurity. Here are your co-hosts and cybersecurity experts, Brian Horning, Reginald Andre, and Randy Bryan. Well, hey, Randy. Hey, Andre. Welcome back. Hey. Welcome to another episode of the Security Squawk Podcast, where we break down all the things that happened in the last seven days around cybersecurity let you know what it means to your life and your business and how you can start doing things to protect yourself and your business from these crazy cyber criminals. Today's show, we're going to keep it simple. We're going to talk about two things. We're going to talk about a major nonprofit um, that has been hit, one of the largest in the world. Uh, we're going to dive into kind of what happened and what's going on with this nonprofit, who the nonprofit was. And then also talk about like what the nonprofit industry needs to kind of think about and worry about as cyber criminals break into their networks and then start to do things with their data on the dark web that is really scaring a lot of CEOs and executives that run nonprofits. So we're going to help out our nonprofit friends out there with some, some advice, some information on what you need to start doing so you don't become a victim and, and end up losing the types of data that we see cyber criminals just, you know, salivating over because they can just do a lot with this data. And then one of the biggest gambling sites in the world, man, I, guys, I don't know. I'm getting tons of texts from family and friends for some reason. And as I said to you guys in the green room, it's like we have hospitals and schools being attacked every day and I don't get texts. But as soon as somebody's online gambling site goes down, you know, people take notice. And a lot of people today know that MGM uh, casinos, uh, not only their physical casinos around the world are impacted by this event, but also their online casinos. So we're going to go get into what's happening at MGM today. Remember, the show's free. If you like anything that we do on this show, if you think we're cute, give us a good review, share us, like us, helps other people find this content just like you did. So guys, here we go. <clears throat> uh, we're going to let Randy kind of take the lead on this one because uh, this is kind of near and dear to his heart. And this uh, nonprofit that I never heard of until today, uh, their name is Save the Children, and they were hit by ransomware. And the big thing with this one is seven terabytes of data have been stolen. And I guess on the surface, a lot of people wouldn't understand, like, seven terabytes. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of data, but what does it really mean, right? What is it What is it within this seven terabytes that has really raised the alarm with the three of us to where we felt like we should talk about it even before the big news story of the week, which is MGM Grand. So I'm going to defer to my, my boy Randy here and kind of let him start breaking it down for us as to why we should care about this seven terabytes. Right. I'll st I'm going to go into the article just a little bit. Um, it says cyber cybercrime crew beyond Leon says it has broken into the IT systems of a top nonprofit and stolen a ton of files, including what the miscreants claim is financial health and medical data. So there's a little bit of a, a little bit of opinion thrown into this article as highlighted um, by VX Underground and Imasoft threat and analyst Brett Callow earlier today, Beyond Leon bragged on its website it had hit an organization that, based on the gang's description of its unnamed victims, looks to be Save the Children International. All right, so this is a 
non-governmental organization, um, 25,000 employees. Um, according to their website, they've helped more than a billion kids since 1919. Um, they did steal um, close to seven terabytes, 6.8 terabytes of data. Um, it includes HR files, personal data, and 800 gigabytes of financial records. Um, it says um, they claim, this group claims they also have email messages as well as medical and health uh, data. So this is like, first off, it's the CEOs of a nonprofit. It's their worst nightmare that keeps them awake at night. Um, and then also for a criminal, um, this is about as juicy as it can get for a target of, of stuff to steal. When you start talking about HR files and personal data, financial records, health data, medical data, this is a treasure trove. This is, uh, this is, this is really bad. And unfortunately, the way that um, people are suspected, oh, can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay. Um, so unfortunately, the way that um, they're suspecting this, this is happening is through the famous remote desktop protocol or called RDP, uh, which is way an easy way, I would say, for people to be able to get remote access to the computers. And this is something we've been saying on the show for so long and something that you should do at the end of this uh, podcast is to do an audit of all your computers. They're really, this is, it's, it's still coming, you know, still comes as a feature in the computers, but there really should be no reason why the average user has this turned on um, especially in the in the way of different tools that can now be used to remote into computers, this shouldn't be on anymore. Yeah, and and, and on top of that, the port that it goes over, which is three three eight nine, ought to be blocked. And you can literally just get on the internet right now um, and go to Shodan. What is it? Shodan IO or AI? I can't remember what the ending is on it. Um, yeah. And you can just look for port 3389 being open and you'll probably find, what do you say, Brian, millions, I mean, that are open out there. Um, and it doesn't need to be open to the outside world. It should be closed at the firewall. You can have a VPN to get into the network if you're going to keep using RDP. Um, but obviously that's not going on right now. So it's a pretty bad deal. Yeah, I mean, a certain percentage of those are honeypots and, and the government just trying to, like, you know, set things up so people got How many of them are? <laughs> right. I mean, but there are definitely a portion of uh, those that are legitimate business applications that are, you know, running and people are just completely unaware of what you just talked about there. So, um, so moving right along, guys, on this, uh, I I was looking into the this Beyond uh, Beyond Leon group, however you want to say it, um, and they actually have been around for a while. I'm trying to actually, I'm trying to actually dig up if we have any intel on where they're actually located in the world. Um, but this group actually started uh, with banking trojans, and if you guys remember our show from last week, we kind of talked about how. So the you know some of the current bots and trojans that we've that we're seeing today were derived from these banking trojans um you know from back in the day and that's kind of what's happening here with this group they've kind of moved on from the banking trojan 
business and have gone into ransomware using RDP and they're very, they're very successful at it. They're also very successful at Android malware. Um, so it'd be interesting to learn kind of how this went down um, and how this, this organization was, it was impacted. Mm -hmm. um, but they're very good at using um, different tools to get into networks and domains. Um, that's the bottom line. They, they, use, mm -hmm. they use RDP, but they'll use phones. They'll use different shell commands. They'll use different um, Windows management protocols to you know, kind of live off the land and, and, and exploit what's there. Um, so you know, somewhat sophisticated of a group, even though it seems like they're using kind of unsophisticated mm -hmm. uh, methods. Um, I, this, is, this is a serious crime group. I mean, that's why I'm trying yeah. to figure out like, where they're from. They also use the, uh, the Go programming language, yep. which, which is not well known. So, you know, the whole it circumvents yes. a lot of antivirus applications. It, exactly. Because it, it, doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't require to be <clears throat> runs in memory. So it, it doesn't ever get installed. Exactly. And they, they also, you know, not only have they switched um, away from the stuff you were mentioning earlier, like the banking, things like that, they've really moved more towards just straight up data extortion. So rather than even encrypt the computers, just take the data and then come back with a ransom note and try to get money mm -hmm. for it. And then if they don't get that, just turn around and sell it. Um, encryption has now just become a almost a roadblock. <laughs> to the data extortion. Do you know what I mean? It just seems like more and more we're seeing, we're seeing that. Yeah. Basically you, the, the, from what I'm reading from the FBI and CISA with this group guys, and I'm, I'm just trying to give people some insight that may ever have to deal with, with this particular group. Um, but at the end of the day, they really aren't particular about the remote access tool. And the reason that this group is so successful, in my opinion, based on what I'm seeing, is because they use above-board remote access tools, either RDP or like AnyDesk or some other tool like that, TeamViewer. And like you said, Randy, they use a Go pro, you know, the Go pro programming language. So once they're in, you really can't detect that they're in. So basically, you need to audit your remote access and your remote access tools and constantly understand who's connecting to those tools to deal with a group like this. So it, like, that's the picture I want to paint. There's no cybersecurity tools. So all these vendors that are coming at you with their, you know, the tool of the day, you know, there really isn't a tool that's going to stop these guys based on how they operate. And that includes some of the zero trust tools that we're very familiar with. Because those trust tools, trust these, the things that these guys are using are trusted by the, by the system. So it mm -hmm. circumvents all of that. So I hope that makes sense. If you have any questions, drop it in the, in the comments. But scary stuff. Uh, Randy, I can see why you were so concerned when you saw this for a lot of different reasons. Not only the data that, that, that could be stolen here and what's contained within it. Um, but also just this group in itself, right, is, is a pretty dangerous group. Like you're, you're, if your business has to encounter these guys one day, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. Mm -hmm. I hope our businesses never have to deal with these guys. Mm -hmm. That's why we audit our remote access tools.
and don't mm-hmm. have very many on top of it. <laughs> so, um, so that's it. Any other advice you guys want to give besides kind of like auditing the remote access tools, limiting the use of these tools as much as you can? Any other things you guys uh, would suggest around these this group or or anything related to this before we move into MGM? Uh, no, nothing on my side. All right. The only other thing I can think of that comes to mind is um, making sure that you're you have that good detection in place where you're or, or prevention in place where you're disabling certain tools that don't need to be run on systems like this thing called PowerShell. Um, if you can disable that on most of your systems, because most people, quite frankly, don't need PowerShell, but it comes by default on Windows. If you can disable that or prevent it from being used by regular users. Um, it'll, it'll also go a long way in helping prevent this group from doing the things that they do because they need things like PowerShell in place to do what they do. So, um, so moving right along, guys, we have uh, MGM, and it's a it's a big story. Uh, we have a lot of uh, we have a lot of people who texted me. I don't know uh, if you're seeing the same thing. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. Maybe I'm friends with a lot of gamblers. Yeah, I was about to say that. <laughs> uh, gambling friends. Yeah, all my gambling friends are are not happy today that their uh, betting sites are down. Um, but MGM Resorts has suffered a cybersecurity issue, which the FBI is characterizing as ongoing. Uh, the casino operators' gaming floors were back online as of Monday evening, but the company did not provide a further update on its reservation room booking systems, which have been taken down earlier, and MGM's fell, shares fell about 2.4% at the close of trading on Monday. Um, so they're basically saying in a social media post that they're dealing with a cybersecurity issue, uh, and this has is, is basically impacted all of their websites. I know they own a, a casino called the Borgata in Atlantic City. I know that their online gambling site has been down uh, since Sunday, um, and this is a company that basically has operating revenues of, uh, somewhere between 500 and $7 million a quarter. Hmm. Uh, so thoughts here, guys. Now this is, this is a, a really big thing. And I'm glad obviously the uh, federal government is going to help them. This is one of those times where the federal government actually comes in t- to help, you know? Um, yeah, the FBI will always help big companies like this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No no doubt. Right. But don't like the thing I always say to small businesses is you're not going to have that luxury. Right. Right. So we, oh, I was just going to say, we mentioned it um, already. You're super, you loud. you're super loud. I don't know why. Huh. Energy drink. <laughs> it's, it's probably my energy drink. That's right. Um, no, but we have, we've mentioned a few times about the FBI agent we were able to interview in uh, Nashville back in May. And he's what did he say? It was a hundred thousand dollar minimum of of ransomware for the Nashville office to get involved. And it was like ten million dollars for the for the New York uh, office of the FBI to get involved. Something along those lines, like depending on the size of the town. Well, yeah, I mean, the FBI gets involved for a, a couple different reasons. Right. Um CISA also will get involved, right? So we have two options. We have DHS, CISA, and we have the FBI, right? My experience, the FBI gets involved when it's very large companies or there's national security interests involved. I've seen the FBI get involved with small business 
issues where you would like, wow, like there, that's such a small business. I'm surprised the FBI got involved, but there were national security interests yep. tied to that small business, which is why they got involved. Typically, if somebody's going to get involved and they're not government, you know, schools uh, or a big company, then it's going to be DHS and CISO or potentially lend a hand to your business if you're of the right size. But both of these organizations in our government have limited resources, so they, they can't help everybody. Um, but I'm going to take a wild guess and say that this is probably going to we're, This is going to be. I think our minds are going to be blown when we figure out what happened here. Yeah. Everything from the data that they got from the company, from the clients, it's going to be, yeah. Well, I'm just looking at the timing of this, guys. We're literally like three, four weeks from Black Hat and DEF CON. Mm. And now you have this casino that's getting hacked. I don't know. Well, I mean, the, the what's gone down, I guess, in the hack has kind of. So the first, my first thought was, oh wow, they want to be able to hack the hackers when the hackers show up in a few weeks, um, so they can, you know, and whoever they is, I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. But this is also very public and very much out there. So this seems to be purely criminal. I mean, I would just say from the, you know, you know, from the looks of it. I was more in awe of the fact that it is um, very widespread. It's not just one hotel in one town. It's very, it's many different hotels in their brand network. And we're talking slot machines out on the floor, not working. Like mm-hmm. what, how did they do that? How did they get so deep into this thing? And then, and then it also goes to show, we say this all the time. Although on one hand, they are the, the criminals are getting better at coming in and then pulling the trigger faster. They are getting better at that. And where some can do it in five days, you know, they get in, they get everything they need and boom, they're pulling the trigger in five days. But this also does show they get in there and they do their research mm-hmm. and they're going to stay in as long as they need to get as much access as possible. You know, that's what I'm saying, right? That's what I meant by the comment that I made about black hat and DEF CON what a perfect time for somebody to figure out how to get into a system. And then they got in and they figured that the last month or I have to look up the dates, but I feel like it's been like maybe four or five weeks. Um, But at the end of the day, like, it's just odd to me, the timing of this, you have all these hackers in Las Vegas and then a month later, here you go. Um, This, and if it was only the websites, I would be like, Okay, it probably didn't, but it, I, it, this feels to me like somebody was in Las Vegas and figured something out and took down this company. You're probably not wrong, man. That's what it feels like to me. I mean, I might be wrong. I've only been doing this for 20 years. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll, we'll find out. But I just think that that's uh, more likely than some cyber criminal halfway around the world kind of doing the ransomware um, tick. I mean, yes, but you're talking the sophistication level here, you know? So yeah, we're not, you know they have good security. I'm not going to question this company's cybersecurity. And do, does your average hacker go into hackathon or whatever 
do do they have the ability to control multi-level multinational organizations where i mean yeah some so of the best hackers have... i know go there okay okay i'm just wondering the guy we had on the show a few months ago was there like uh -huh. my buddy mm -hmm. who i without a doubt could hack a fucking hotel lock if he really wanted to well i hear at those things <laughs> that's pretty normal for these what? guys to uh, well i hear at at these conventions, right. it's pretty normal for the hotels to get hacked. Right. There was, one, mean, there was one last year. Do you remember it? We should dig it up. Sorry to cut you off, but do you remember yeah. that? We we actually talked about that in our podcast, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, there was a hotel. I don't know if you're talking about the same one, but I remember the story of the, the guy who just basically unplugged his TV and plugged it in, plugged his computer into the TV system. And he had access to the whole entire hotel. I'm not sure exactly what went down, but yeah. Yeah, it was literally like the phone, the the like the TV had a plug, had a network cable in it to run the, to run, you know, when you walk in the hotel, you like check in and all that stuff. And he just plugged it right into it and was able to access it. There was no security or anything from stopping him from accessing anything he basically wanted to in that hotel. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean... This is why we tell you not to connect the hotel Wi-Fi networks because you don't know what's in that hotel, right? Um, so it's pretty crazy. Um, and, you know, not for nothing, even though I did say MGM probably has good security, which they probably do. I mean, I'm not going to question that. But, you know, this company had a cyber incident in 2020 when yep. the personal data of more than 10 million MGM visitors was published in a hacking form. Now, that's different, right? That is... When I look at that, I'm going to say, well, that was an outside. Somebody got in from the outside. There's, there's, when you're taking down slot machines, you, we all agree, right? The slot machines, the hotel stuff, the check-in, check-out system, the, the uh, online gaming, that's all separate. Mm -hmm. That's all separate. That's not like the level of access that somebody had to have to take all these things down. Assuming that they took it down and maybe it wasn't an internal decision to take all this stuff offline until they figured out where things were at. Mm -hmm. we'll, we'll learn that here in a couple of days. But if, if we come to find out in a couple of days that they can't get this stuff back up because somebody took it down, I got to believe that somebody was figured something out when they were in Vegas. Mm -hmm. yeah. So. Also worth mentioning, you mentioned 10.6, but then a year later they said, oh, it was really 142 million, not, not 10 million. That's right. That's right. Wow. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this is, this is pretty wild. And for me, it's, uh, you know, um, they're not, we're going to learn here very quickly, like who's behind it. Um, but, you know, I'm going to stick with what my prediction that we're going to find out that this isn't like some ransomware group that somebody managed to, to break in almost like a, like an old school heist, but in the digital time. So yeah. how do you explain that they, they're also in um, some of their hotels in Atlantic city and Ohio, Atlantic city, yeah. uh, New Jersey and Ohio. Yeah, because they're all interconnected. Okay. Like, I think that they're interconnected, you know, for sure. But I think, you know, I don't think this was somebody clicking on a phishing email or like right. we're going to find out a vulnerability was exploited somehow, some way. It's probably more the likely scenario. 
the old blackjack table. It was still running on that 2003 server because, you know. Windows XP. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll update everyone. We'll keep everyone in the loop as to what's going on here. Other than that, I don't have much more else to talk about on this, guys, um, unless you want to discuss something. I did have a uh, question. Go ahead. So what do you think they're going after here? Because um, we don't really have any. We don't really have any news or. I think they're basically, like that. Whoever's behind it is is taking down the operations and demanding a ransom to help them get it back up. So whether that's ransomware, I would imagine if they have the ability to do this, that they've encrypted some files, mm-hmm. and they and they've shown them at least, you know, we we have control of you right now. Mm-hmm. So if you want us to stop, you're going to pay us. Uh, <clears throat> that's kind of, and I kind of think they've also flexed their muscle a little bit and, and kind of given them a heads up on the amount of access they have by doing what they did. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> MGM, all they want to do is be able to have people put money in their slot machines again and and check in the hotel rooms so they can spend more money there and they're gonna have to make a business decision soon as to when it makes the most sense to pay whoever's got them held hostage and again the fbi is also involved because they're learning these new tactics that we've been warning about people on this show for probably almost a year now um i think one of my predictions for this year going into this year was we're not going to see as much encryption. We're just going to see a lot of business interruption and files being stolen versus them encrypting because I think the whole encryption decryption process is makes it less profitable for them. So I, I was pretty much dead on with that prediction when I made it at the end of last year. And here we are going into the end of this year and we're really starting to see it come full bore. And I don't think it's going to slow down heading in the next year. This is a new business model for them. They've figured out that they can do things and create havoc and make people pay without even encrypting any files. Yeah, like I was saying earlier, I think that <clears throat> encryption at that point just becomes a roadblock to yep. get what they really want, which is money. So right. it just right. slows it, it all down. Slows it down and they have to spend more time and resources and dedicate more resources to the <laughs> unencryption process. Because the expectation is, is I'm going to pay you this money. You're going to decrypt my stuff, right? And their whole MO for years has been, well, we're going to make sure it gets unencrypted because if the world starts whispering down the lane that you really don't get your data back, then we're never going to get paid, mm-hmm. right? So that's also something they've been trying to deal with as a, as a business challenge for them, quite frankly, is, you know, how, you know, A, how can we get paid more 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 frequently and make more money but also like how do we make it easier for these businesses to get back up and running so we're not spending our time and resources dealing with the problem that's absolutely something that these guys consider as part of this yeah um it's, you know it's it's always going to be a cat and mouse game when you have six uh in this um mgm grant Las Vegas, they have 6,852 hotel beds. So you have 6,852 people in your lobby saying, what the hell, this is my vacation. And this is the reason, you know, I've saved up two two years just to come here or whatever. They got to act fast. Yeah, that's part of the psyops as well. 
you know, if you can get the people frantic, putting pressure on the organization um, that it's an emergency and to be frantic, they're more likely just to pay the bill, pay the bill to the ransom people and uh, move on. Yeah. So, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, we're going to wrap up the show here kind of with just like, this is the world we live in right now. And like, I just want to caution any business out there that might be listening to this, who's still not doing anything around cybersecurity or not doing anything around incident response yet in their business. And I think that's probably the majority of people listening to this. You more than likely don't have an incident response plan. You more than likely have never been through an incident response exercise. So it's going to make it really difficult for you to get through an event like this. And, and again, we're still learning about the companies that were attacked over the Labor Day weekend. Um, you're not going to hear about them like you hear about MGM. Um, we're learning about them through our community of cyber people who are involved in these events. Um, and your business is going to get hit if you don't start playing really strong defense real soon. So, you know, you need to have an incident response plan regardless, but I think you really need to have one if you're, if you know, you're skimping on the protection side of cybersecurity. So my advice would be to, to work with a cyber professional and get your risk assessment done. If you've never had one done and start building out an incident response plan and then slowly start chipping away at the things that you need to do to beef up your protection and detection defenses. So that's kind of it from a high level for me, guys. What, are, what do you guys want to leave the show with before we wrap up here? Yeah, we're good, man. Have a good, yep. have a good week, and um, we'll see you guys next, next week. Yep. Take care, everyone. All right. See ya.